Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball Podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by Dr. Doug Garland. Dr. Doug practiced. He was a practicing orthopedic surgeon for 37 years, but we're not going to be here to really be talking about orthopedics today. We're going to be talking about the tall poppy syndrome, which is a human condition that has existed all throughout every society since the beginning of time. So I'm going to have Dr. Doug, Dr. Garland, explain to you what that is and what made him want to research that, especially being an orthopedic surgeon. So, Dr. Garland, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, I was an orthopedic surgeon in Los Angeles, California for 37 years. I was on the faculty at uh, University of Southern California, where I was a clinical professor of orthopedics. I published 110 scientific review, peer-reviewed articles. So I had an academic career. I had a private practice in Long Beach. And strangely enough, I had a, a vocation. I worked at one of the largest rehabilitation centers in, in the world in Southern California. And it was there that I was introduced to the tall poppy syndrome. Okay. So uh, the, the introduction was not exactly the way you want to be introduced to the syndrome, but at, at that particular time, I was uh, the head of a spinal cord injury program, which was, um, one of the premier co- programs in the country. I was also head of uh, the president of the American Spinal Injury Association. That's a fairly prominent position. And I was actually to go to Australia to review six of their spinal cord injury units. And while away, while I was away at a meeting, the medical meeting and actually talking to the people in Australia at that meeting, I came back to my office in LA and there was a note on the office door that I had been moved from the premier office on the unit down to a little cubby hole. And I couldn't figure out what in the world was happening. I went home and told my wife and she said, well, you know, you've been there 30 years. Somebody's moving your cheese. Probably the prudent thing is to get out of there and, and just enjoy your private practice. We'll take Fridays off. She was a working nurse. We'll see LA, which is difficult if you do it on the weekends with everybody else. And so fortunately, I hated her advice. Instead of getting into a fighting match and going back and trying to get my position and office back and whatever was happening. I went in the next day, bought in two big plastic containers, threw all my research away, all my talks, everything associated with 30 years of working at that particular facility, put my key on the door on the table and walked out. I called the people in Australia and told them I wasn't coming and they they were in disbelief. 
they wanted to know why. And I explained what was happened, what had happened. And they said, well, geez, you've been tall poppy. And so that introduced me to the term. And of course, I asked them what that meant. And they tried to explain it to me, but it was very difficult for me to get my head around it. But anyway, I let it go at that. I did quit that and finished private practice for 10 more years. And then once I retired, I decided to pursue the tall poppy syndrome and figured out exactly what it meant and what, what kind of transpired with, with me. So that's where we are right now. Well, what I was going to ask you is, is, is how did they come up with that name? So that's a very historical name. The tall poppy syndrome is a metaphor, and the metaphor actually means looking at a field of poppies and seeing one poppy taller than the rest and wanting to cut that down so that all are equal. So that's, it's, that's a simple look at the metaphor. And... It's quite complex, and by that I mean you have the cutter, and you have the person that's cut down, and you also have a person just like us discussing the situation. So it really involves sometimes three people, but there's always two people that are doing it, but there's also often often an observer. So you have three people making judgments. The... His, the history of the tall poppy's discovery was actually clear back in ancient Greece. Herodotus, who's the great Greek historian, uh, identified the syndrome. He used uh, shocks of wheat to cut the heads off um, in the sy- syndrome at that time. And, and throughout most of history, it's related to the governments or the people in power. And what they do is cut off the heads or suppress the opposing heavyweights or tall poppies. So Herodotus described it. And of course, when you think about it, Socrates was tall poppied when he drank the hemlock. And if the next description came by Livy, who was the great Roman historian, and he actually used the poppies. And King Tarquin, Rome was initially a kingdom And the last king was Tarquin the Proud, and his son Sextus uh, went to rule the next town. He had difficulty doing that, so he sent a runner back to his father asking him how he should govern. And his father walked out to a field of poppies and lopped off the tall ones. The messenger went back, told Sextus, and Sextus knew immediately what he had to do, and he killed all the opposing leaders. So we have, and of course, Caesar was tall poppy. So when you look at ancient Rome and ancient Greece, the description is clear back there. So what I did was review the world literature, the world, and look for the tall poppy syndrome. And of course, I found it in every culture. Uh, I mean, if you look in, in um, China, the imp- first emperor of China, uh, cut down all the opposing people. And of course, Genghis Khan did the same thing. So Japan did it with all the samurai. Um, Japan actually has a saying, the tall nail gets pounded down. 
if you look at the Scandinavian countries, they look at it a little differently. They have a law called the law of Jante, J-A-N-T-E. And this is actually 10 commandments of how not to grow tall. So there they try to prevent you from growing tall so that all are equal. And of course, in the English language, English speaking countries, the premier tall poppy country and where most of the literature review that I did comes from Australia. Now, the background of Australia is they were founded by Britain as a penal colony. And so in the penal colony, everybody's equal. And so that became Australia's early culture. So in that particular culture, everybody is equal and they don't like anybody to stick out. So the tall poppy syndrome is a big part of their culture. It's uh, prevalent there. Everybody knows about it, as well as New Zealand. And that's where I did most of my basic research, because there's a lot written about the behavior, mostly in that country, because there aren't a lot of tall poppies, the behavior of, of the cutter, why they cut people down. And of course, the answer to that in, in Australian terms is there's two, two main reasons. One, the you have bad envy, envy is divided into good and bad. Aristotle himself um, defined envy as good envy. Good envy would be emulating somebody and trying to improve yourself. Bad envy is you can't improve yourself so or you don't want to because you're lazy or for whatever reason, and you cut the other person down. So in Australia, the cutters main emotion is envy. And then the second reason they cut people, the tall poppies down was because of justification. There was some type of egregious activity of the tall poppy and the cutter feels that they don't deserve to be a tall poppy. So they try and cut them down. So that that's the model that, that I then use to try and understand the tall poppy syndrome and if it was in America, because as I look through the world literature, I saw, I found it everywhere, but here. And so the only thing that really different or differentiates us from other countries was our worship of the individual or how our country was set up that everybody allegedly has the right to pursue happiness. So the premise of the book became, um, that individualism prevented the tall poppy syndrome in America. And so the part the study was set up, I started taking journals, the New York Times, the LA Times, Wall Street Journal, Time Magazine, a few other subscriptions. And, and I looked through daily for examples of the tall poppy syndrome. And lo and behold, every day I found multiple examples of the tall poppy syndrome here in America. So then I had, I had to change the premises because I was seeing it actually what I felt was more common here than in other countries. And I had to decide why is that occurring? And, and, and then instead of the individuality pre preventing it, I felt the individuality was causing it and our meritocracy. So here we have 
a lot of tall poppies in Hall in America. I mean, we have Hollywood, we have the media, we have sports, we have CEOs, we have people that make a lot of money and become prominent. So we have more tall poppies than any other country in the world. That gives us more opportunity to have um, the occurrence of the tall poppy syndrome, more so in our country than other countries. So that led to a different concept that of study of why we cut those people down. And so I studied the behavior of, of the tall poppy and, and looked at their egregious activity, why somebody would want to cut them down. So what I found was it was pride, greed, and lust were the three main causes. So Everybody always wants a good example. And every time I give a podcast, there's a recent example. The, the example I think that people can relate to presently is uh, Will Smith and his outrage at the Academy Awards when um, he, he had his outburst. Now, he, he was rock. a prideful man. And he became angry and he ran up on stage in essence to cut Rick, Chris Rock down. And so the strange thing is that um, anger often, only 10% of anger follows with violence and then you seek revenge. And there's a saying, if you seek revenge, dig two graves. And so Will Smith dug his own grave because he tried to cut Chris Rock down, but in cutting him down, he cut himself down. So I look at behaviors of the cutter, as I say, which is driven by justification. Uh, Will Smith thought he was justified in cutting Chris Rock because he didn't like Chris Rock's behavior, apparent behavior. And then we have to look at Will Smith's behavior, and then we're doing the viewing in this in a in the public setting, and so we we decide uh, through our own bias who who was right and who was wrong. So when you when you read the book or hear the book or develop an interest in it, it's really a self help book because I go through all of history, mankind history, to include the Bible. The Bible's full of the tall poppy syndrome. And look at examples in various countries, various times, to include our own, and um, try and, and really evaluate human behavior, which is what this is really all about. And if you understand the tall poppy syndrome, uh, it changes your perspective on life. I, I mean, the Bible is full of the tall poppy syndrome. So if you look at Adam and Eve, uh, Eve was very prideful and God cut her down at the very beginning. And then well, that was going to be my next question, the uh, connection to the seven deadly sins. Oh, yeah. So, we'll, so, we, so, okay. So, uh, so uh, there, and the interesting thing, so the Bible is basically... Uh, associated, or the tall poppy syndrome is intimately associated with the seven deadly sins. So in the cutter, we usually find envy, 
after envy comes anger, and then we find laziness. Because let's one thing you have to also think about in the tall poppy syndrome is that you don't have to be tall to be cut down. So most of the cutting actually occurs in your tribe. So it occurs in your family. It occurs in your neighborhood. It occurs when you go to school and you're schooling and it occurs in the workplace. So I labeled this peer-to-peer tall poppy syndrome and you don't have to be tall. And it's just the emotions that I identify that occurs in the tall pop, the true tall poppy syndrome that is occurring in your everyday life. So I've just, in the cutter, we then found three of the seven deadly sins, the envy, anger, and laziness. And I mentioned earlier in the cutter or the cuttee, the person that's cut down, their bad behavior is far and away pride. Pride almost always is always present. That's a deadly sin. Lust is a deadly sin and greed is a deadly sin. So the only deadly sin uh, that's not mentioned is gluttony. So one of the takeaways then can be that uh, one way to remember the metaphor and, and the emotional makeup of the metaphor is to think of the deadly sins because many people have heard of the deadly sins and they know about them. So I link those two together to help help people work their way through the syndrome. But if you understand the syndrome, you'll understand you'll understand the Bible better, that's for certain. You'll understand the world picture better. You'll understand your family better and you'll understand all your peer-to-peer um, behaviors. It's kind, of, it's kind of very fascinating. And the conclusion, obviously, from, from all my research in the book was that uh, it's more apparent. Or it's not apparent. It's unknown in America, but I think more prevalent in America than any other country. Well, talk about how the tall poppy syndrome is connected to movements and cancel culture. Well, that's the... I'm, I mean, movements are, movements are important because if we're in the peer-to-peer and you have, you have the difference in power, and the only way frequently you can make change is to take power away that you think you deserve. So throughout mankind, throughout history, Bible, early ancient Greece, Rome, you know, it's really, everything really is about taking power back or getting power that somebody has. And the cancel culture really is all about that. I think sometimes it's, it's misdirected, but that, that's just my opinion. But the cancel culture is really looking at a tall, mostly they do it in retrospect, which I think is kind of unfair in many ways. But we look at um, somebody like Thomas Jefferson, who was always worshipped in America, is writing the Declaration of Independence. And then, of course, he had his history with slave ownership. And so now we've cut him down uh, because of that. And the problem with that is none of us have gone without sin. So I don't know who, who judges 
which one should be to cut down, but we cut down, we're cutting, we're cutting down everybody. We, we do need heroes. You can't progress as a society if we don't have heroes and heroes are tall poppies. And actually that meta, that part of the metaphor creates another problem because um, your, your tall poppy may not be my tall poppy. So you have to use the syndrome very loosely and I can tell you, Napoleon, you know, he has his, he had his own hall of fame. He had busts of great, great people that he used to emulate or to think about and borrow their good traits. And he had Caesar naturally because Caesar was a great strategist on the war field. Uh, but he also had uh, Brutus. So you had, it's kind of like Will, Will and, Chris Rock. So you have both the cutter and the cut, cutty. And so um, some people think, you know, Caesar was a tall poppy, which he was. Um, but some people also think that Brutus was a tall poppy because he cut Caesar down. You have to remember Caesar came back from the wars in Gaul and he crossed the Rubicon with, with his army. And that was a, uh, no, no, in, in Roman times, the Senate wouldn't allow any general to bring the, the army back across the Rubicon River because they knew then that it would be a power play and the, and the Senate could be overthrown. So, of course, uh, Caesar did that and he, he immediately put the country or the city in, in civil war. So the Senate, you know, tried to figure out how to cut down Caesar for doing that, and Brutus literally and figuratively cut it, cut him down. So we don't. While we're talking, that's governmental stuff. Most of the governmental cutting uh, description, early descriptions were describing people in government cutting down the opposition. I mean, if you th think about all the kingdoms and communism and um, Henry the Eighth. I mean, they they cut down all the opposition. And England, of course, you know, with the guillotine and Tower of London, they literally and figuratively lopped off the heads of many, many important people. So our government's no different. They, they don't get any pass. Our government cuts people down. They use uh, very, it's not just the president they have various departments that do cutting. And, and I actually devoted in the book a whole chapter of um, the tall poppy syndrome to the government's role in cutting various Americans down. And actually, Martin Luther King's in that. And there just is a book, a recent book I saw on the bestseller list last weekend of, of the government's, the FBI versus... Uh, MLK. So other people have noted that as well as myself, but it's um, our government does that. Sadly. Well, so tell the, us, tell I'm us sorry. where we could find your, your work and, and your uh, research and books on the tall poppy syndrome website, social media, all that good stuff. Well, the, actually I like, um, so Amazon, Naturally, it's where the book is available. It's on ePrint, 
And the audiobook, I have a really, really good person who read the book. The audio is actually selling more than the book itself, but uh, the, the book is available on Amazon. And actually, if you read the reviews, it has really insightful reviews. The, uh, the, I didn't write the book as a self-help book, but all, uh, many of the reviewers noted that it was a wonderful self-help book. And the reason is, is because you're, you, you just look at the world differently if you understand the tall poppy syndrome. You understand the emotional makeup of, of the people involved. And you understand uh, then your own emotional makeup. So it turns out to be uh, a pretty good self-help book, even though I didn't plan on that. I also like um, if you just t do the tall poppy syndrome, if you Google the tall poppy syndrome, um, usually the book comes up on the front page and actually my website, D-O-U-G-G-A-R-L-A-N-D, DougGarland.com comes up. And uh, actually then there's some YouTubes and there's other things. So, and so I kind of am well represented in, in, in that Google format. And I think it's good because there's other, other people talk about it, but my book has over 600 citations. It's very well-researched. And so I think maybe it might be the authority, but that, that gives you a good cross-section. On, on my website, I do, mostly I tweet. Uh, I still continue to receive those magazines and newspapers, and I still tweet out examples almost every day. And the good news about that is you can see how I think about it and the emotions involved or my take on a, who, who's, if there is somebody to blame or what's happening. The only problem with that is sometimes if you don't take that journal, you can't, can't open it up to actually read the article, but it's kind of, you know, it's like, um, like reading a book, book and then reading the review or something. So you get my take on what's happening. And then the other Things are at the top right-hand corner of my website of other things that you can look at or follow. There's actually a section of scientific articles, and I put it in the medical journals, about 10 articles, which are actually very good, I think, also to read. They're not um, really that academic and scientific and statistics and stuff, but just good examples. And if you read those, those, any of those articles, I think you get the, you get the picture of the tall poppy syndrome. In Australia, they don't describe a lot of tall poppies and, and they have uh, good respect for uh, the professions there in America, our respect it's not as great, unfortunately, or fortunately, but we, we seem to, with our cancel culture and everything else that we're doing here, we're cutting everybody down and the, and the professions are part of that, but we cut each other in, in within our professions. And I think it's because of competition, we cut each other down as well. So I show examples in the medical profession of, of uh, some really interesting examples of the tall poppy syndrome. So that, 
uh, the web, my website and the Amazon looking for the book itself, I think are what you can do most if you want to learn more about the tall poppy syndrome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, DougGarland.com, DougGarland.com. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode after listening, and let everybody know about the tall poppy syndrome. And Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Doug, thank you for joining us and enlightening us on the tall poppy syndrome. It's been my pleasure. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. Dream.